It's time for Town Talk with Wyndham Town Manager Jim Rivers, our program brought to you once a month by Primatera's Recovery with facilities on Milk Street, Nash Street, and Willimantic, headquartered in East Hartford. PMR operates state-of-the-art processing facilities in Canastota, New York, which by the way, a couple of days ago, I drove by on the New York Thruway and saw the sign for it. They also have facilities in Orangeburg, South Carolina, and of course, here in Romantic Willimantic. You can learn more at PMRInc.com. As we say, good morning to the Wyndham Town Manager, Mr. Rivers. He's had a lot of stuff going on, including a big deal that went on a week ago yesterday. Uh, absolutely, Wayne. Thanks for having me again this morning. You know, just when you think there's not an, enough going on around here, uh, or too much going on around here. We've got even more coming um, on all fronts, on the entertainment front, on the fun front, but also, you know, development keeps, you know, grinding along here in Wyndham, and it's it just, uh, I, I couldn't be happier. Everything's going well. And we will talk about some of those things that are going on in town as we go along today, but first off, I, well, I saw you at the Boombox Parade, and I was disappointed you left your clown nose home. What was that deal? You know, I'm trying to mix it up a little bit. I'm trying to be serious sometimes, trying to be funny sometimes. You know, I'm just trying to trying to keep uh, on my toes here, you know, keep, keep it moving around. And just a little reflection on the parade. It was about 25 minutes longer this year than it was last year. Uh, my theory on that was that more people felt comfortable coming out because we were still in a much more serious pandemic situation last year. Yeah, it also seemed like the crowds were bigger, too. Uh, on the sidelines, it just seemed like it was over the last few years. Um, this this crowd was bigger. Uh, that's that's my feeling. I don't know how you felt about that. Totally agree, yes. And, uh, and, you know, the Willie Brew float was great, but there was a lot of other great floats in the parade as well. But different on this 4th of July from other 4ths of July, Later on in the day, we had a Temptations concert down at the Shabu stage. But I thought that as great as the Temptations were, the other things that went on that day, the governor was up there on the stage, and he was pounding out some badass blues on the piano, the keyboard there on the stage. And then he sang two songs, including Imagine, when he had Bruce John and David Foster singing some backup harmonies for him on that. That was a great thing. And then the other thing was the more serious issue that was going on regarding the whole Ukraine refugee situation, as uh, we had uh, Pastor Billick up there from the local uh, uh, Greek-Ukrainian church in town. They passed the hat, and he said on Sunday morning that they raised over $10,000 for the refugees. So there's a lot of good things besides just great music there at the Shabu stage. Yeah, you know... Uh it, it's you got to think about this for a second. When we had the governor in our town on Fourth of July, from about eleven a.m. to what three or four, uh, you know that that's half his day he spent in Wyndham. And well, he's often said how much he likes his town. He, his, his line that he always uses is he says, "There's something in the water in Willimantic." But he was out having a good time with the parade and so forth. To touch on the, the the Ukrainian refugee situation a little bit, because I will be here. Full disclosure: I, I do my thing in the parade, and I change my clothes, which is a good idea because I was kind of hot and sweaty. And I went over there and enjoyed the music. Well, when I went over there, all I had was my car keys. All my other stuff was here in my office at work. And they're passing the hat, and I go, oh, I should have known about this. But I had nothing to give. But I wanted to give, and I will give. But I don't know how to do it. So for the folks who either did give and want to give more, or the folks who weren't able to do it, is there a way now that people can contribute to that very important fund? I think that, you know, again, you saw the, the, 
the church, I think, is the, uh, from what I hear when people are talking about this, not just this event, but uh, people are funneling their, their gifts, their money, uh, whatever that they're trying to do to help uh, to the ch- through the church. So that, that would be my suggestion. It's, it's not, the town isn't collecting for that, um, but I would go to the church with anything you want to give uh, to help them out. Now, talking about things that are looking ahead to the future, there's a very big Latin festival coming up. Do tell. Uh, it's Wyndham's first Latin multicultural festival, actually. Um, this one is sponsored by the town, uh, being run by our own uh, Zamata Bruder, who is in my office. And she is uh, doing a great job, but it's going to be pretty big. We have 10 uh, musical acts uh, from, tw- from 12 o'clock to 10 p.m. Uh, some pretty big names uh, from around the region are going to be here. And uh, about 15 food vendors, a Domino's tournament, a bunch of big uh, fun houses, you know, blow-up fun houses for the kids. It's a family event. Uh, there will also be beverages there, including... Our own uh, Willie Brew will be there with a tent to serve uh, uh, adult beverages. Uh, so we pretty much got everybody coming. Uh, a lot of local vendors will be there, uh, uh, food vendors. So it's quite a lineup, and it's going to be good weather. And uh, we're looking forward to this. And it's free. It's free. You can come in. Please, no coolers. We're trying to take care of the vendors so they don't. Uh, they, they, it makes it worth their while to be there. Uh, but uh, no coolers and don't bring any food or beverage in. We'll, we'll have plenty for you there. A Domino's tournament. Jim, when was the last time you played Domino's? The only thing I know about Domino's is to set them up and see how many I could knock down at once. That's the best. I don't know how to play Domino's, but I had Domino's, and we would, you know, just try to make a big, long thing that would, you know, fall down. <laughs> well, I, I vaguely remember how you play it because they got the numbers on them, little dots, and you. I think you're supposed to put like the one that's got the one dot next to the other one that's got the one dot, and how you score. And all. so the thing is, I guess if you go to the Latin festival, you're able to re- refresh your memory on how to play dominoes. And I would think that most people thinking about a Latin festival weren't thinking about dominoes. So that's an interesting little addition to that event. That was by request by a number of folks. Uh, I guess in Puerto Rico, that's a big thing. Uh, they they play, and there's quite a few people coming to play. Uh, very excited to play. There's going to be a tent with a whole bunch of tables, and it's it's like a tournament. So they're going to you know keep playing until uh, the uh, winner uh, emerges here. So uh, it, it should be interesting, and I think there's going to be quite a bit of interest. I have to admit that when I was thinking about talking to the town manager this morning, the word domino was not on my agenda for things we would discuss today. So you never know where this thing's going to go. Now, while we're in that same location of Jilson Square, Shabu Stage, and so forth, not far from there is the new community center, which has been a huge hit. I've heard a lot of people talk about the stuff they do there. But uh, just give me some numbers here. There's uh, been a great turnout for that. Yeah, you know, you go in there at any time of the day, morning or afternoon, and there are lots of folks up in the senior center area. There's plenty of folks doing things down in the uh, recreation area, whether it's the gymnasium, the pool, or the workout room. It's really turned out, just as we hoped, with a lot of folks coming in. Most of them are from Wyndham. Some are from out of town. But we've signed up over 500 in the recreation side for to use the pool or the gym. Uh, and those are people that pay. They pay a little bit. Some, you know, people don't pay. But uh, if you're if you're eligible not to pay, but m- most people pay ten dollars a month, and uh, it's it's five hundred in the first couple of months. That's quite a quite a turnout just to start us off. And it's summer, so people tend to do outdoor events in the summer, not necessarily go inside. 
uh, I would expect that number to continue to rise through the winter. Uh, but it's been a big success. I'm so glad that we uh, we built that. It was a 20-something year project in the making, but it, uh, it turned out really well. Is there an aspect of the community center that seems to be the most popular, the thing most people are talking about? Well, that's the thing. You know, it's I don't think so. I think it's it's everything. I mean, the gymnasium every single afternoon and into the evening. I mean, it's, there's all sorts of you, young people in there working out and doing their thing. And there's a basketball tournament going on right now between all the local regional high schools. Uh, there's the pool is being worked. Uh, we had to add uh, substantially more hours to the pool. And then you go up towards the senior center in the front. Um, all the rooms have people in them most of the day. Uh, which is unusual. Usually the seniors kind of head out after lunch. They're, they're getting home. But, you know, you go into the afternoon and there's still quite a few seniors there. So it really did what we we wanted it to do, and that's to draw people out, to be more active, to be more social, and it, it is working. Getting back to some not-so-good news is that I, I keep a pretty good track on the statewide COVID numbers and the local COVID numbers. And Jim, they're starting to go up again. And I got to figure that you're getting concerned about this as am I. Yeah, they're creeping up again. And I, you know, I'm, I'm paying attention like most people to the national scene and, and they're, they're seeing hot spots across the country. Again, another variant has arrived. I think they're calling it B5 or something like that. I, I can't keep... BA5. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think the message is, it's not over. It's, it's being uh, pushed back by people getting vaccinated, being smarter. Um, there's a bit of a wall uh, there that's being put up, but a lot of people are still not vaccinated. Um, still don't think it's serious, I guess. I just can't even imagine here we are uh, two and a half years out. But um, the, uh, the, the concern, of course, is, is when we get to the cooler weather, um, we, we should expect, uh, everybody should be prepared for, some sort of surge coming up towards the, you know, the fall, late fall, winter, be vaccinated, be boosted. And myself, I'm, I'm double boosted. So I've had four shots. Uh, I don't think that I've gotten it myself up to this point. Uh, and I don't want to get it. So I think everybody should be thinking about that. We're having a hard time keeping track of who actually has it now because we don't have people getting, you know, all these testing sites uh, everywhere like we did. So again, the numbers could be, a little bit low and a little bit delayed from when we really know that it's a ride. So I, that's another thing I want to caution everyone is it, it may sneak up on us because we just don't have the tools in place like we had a few other times through this to let us know that it's, it's here and it's, it's hitting us. So um, we're, we're seeing some, some pockets of, of infection within the town staff, and uh, that tells me, that's my gauge, it tells me that, that it's out there and it's in this, in this area. Yeah, I know a lot of people right now that have either just had it or have it now. And yes, while many of them just have basically mild symptoms, I think uh, Senator Blumenthal indicated he's asymptomatic at this point in time. But I have a few friends of mine, including my brother-in-law, who just had a rough week of it. So this thing is something to be taken seriously as well. I will tell you this, Jim, that I went to a local business establishment. All right, full disclosure, it was Walmart yesterday. And I was impressed. I was actually surprised how many masks I saw. That is not exactly a mask hangout for the last couple of years. But I think some people around here are starting to get the message that, yeah, there's stuff going on right now. Well, I think, you know, you you can only resist the science and and, uh, common sense for so long. And and I'm absolutely right. I've seen more masking going on everywhere 
and even in places where historically they haven't been wearing them. And again, I don't know if those are folks that are just not vaccinated and they're worried they, you know, they're more worried they're going to get sick, or it's just people being cautious or trying not to, not to spread it to other people and to be polite. Um, I don't know that you know there's reason for alarm at this point. It, it's the summer. Um, that's usually better for us with these types of things. Uh, but again, if you have uh, pre pre-existing conditions or you're concerned about your loved ones or your friends, family, whatever, um, you know, you might want to mask up. You might want to make cer- certainly make sure you're all getting boosted or, or vaccinated if you haven't been vaccinated yet. So, uh, again, we're going to ramp it up again probably in the fall, probably uh, have a few, uh, you know, get the vaccine clinics going again in town. Um, I don't know how bad it's going to be. I, I don't have a crystal ball, but let's let's take the precautions and not let it get bad. That's what it's all about. Don't let this thing get bad and then, then say, oh, gee, what, you know, we should have done something or, or uh, you know, I guess, it's, I guess it's worse than we thought. And it's been over this over and over again in the last two and a half years. And uh, let's just get it before it gets us. You're talking about the home test kits. A little personal side here as well is that uh, my week away in upstate New York yesterday, part of the reason, not the only, but part of the reason I went that direction is because there was a rather large social event on Saturday in Saratoga Springs. So I ended up coming back through there. And because of that, and I had some minor exposure in all the things I did last week, including some indoor places, I did. A, I brought a home test along. I got a lot of them. You know, they're easy to get, easy to get for free, by the way. And I just did a quick home test in the hotel room, and I was negative. All right, fine. So, and, and I think everything was okay. It was an outdoor event, so I wasn't worried about being indoors uh, for that event up in Saratoga Springs. But that being said, too, uh, the news in the, today is that Senator Blumenthal has tested positive. Well, guess who hung out with Senator Blumenthal for a while? In fact, I interviewed him live on the air when the parade was over, and I was standing right next to him. Now, I don't think he had it at that point in time, but I think it's important for people to just, just say a couple of words, Jim, about the value of those home tests. No, they don't show up on the state numbers anymore, and that is a concern. But the fact that you can use those now either A, to see why you got a runny nose, or B, maybe to make sure that you're negative before you go to some large gathering. You know, absolutely. You know, the home tests are getting better and better. They're not 100%, and they're not as good, I guess, as the, you know, the test you might get at the hospital or one of the clinics. But uh, they work pretty good, and it's an indicator. Um, we picked up a lot of people at our, uh, you know, in Town of Wyndham employees with these home tests, and uh, it's a, it's another tool in the arsenal to try to beat this thing back. And if you can keep this from, uh, you know, spreading, if everybody took a took a test and we knew who had it all at once, if we could magically get that number, everybody that had it isolate for a few weeks, and you know, you nearly snuff the thing out if you could do that. But to try to coordinate everybody just testing all at once or or staying away from everybody, that's the problem. But a lot of people are using those tests, and it's helping them keep their family safe and know when not to go back to work and spread, keep spreading it to everyone else. Uh, again, uh, more people that are vaccinated, that's less of a problem. But there's still, I'm sure, a number of folks that, uh, you know, no one in town of Wyndham isn't vaccinated because we mandated that last fall. But there's still some people that have not been vaccinated. And uh, I hope they, they, they get that vaccination in the next few months because, again, fall's coming. 
along the same lines, you touched on the fact that you're not getting the same numbers you got back when there were the statewide public testing sites and like. So what do you base your decisions on right now? I don't think we're ready to go back to mask mandates and stuff. I'm not talking about that. But I'm just saying that do you, as a town manager of a local town, do you get some information that's not available to the public so you can make proper decisions? Yeah, there's a few pieces of information I might get that the public doesn't get on a daily basis. And that, you know, one of them is hospitalizations. We look at certainly our local hospitals, Wyndham and Bacchus, um, and we we follow along how many people are being admitted, how serious they are, obviously uh, fatalities. And there's not as many fatalities uh, or deaths as there was uh, because, again, many people are vaccinated. We have better treatments. We get on it earlier and, and know what to do. But there are still people that pass from this. So, don't think that, uh, oh, gee, look, there's not as many deaths, so my chances are better. There's still a million, 20,000 people that have, at least that have died in the country, in our country from, from this. So uh, we look at that data. Um, you know, we, again, we're looking at our own employees because we have 185 employees, so that's a pretty good sample size. And at any given moment, see how many have it or, or, or are out because of it. Um, you know, we, the ambulance, we have, you know, we know how many calls we're going out to pick people up because they have, they have symptoms or issues with, that are COVID-related. So we may have a little bit of data that's different than what, you know, the the public may see. Uh, But again, I I think the number is much higher than the state, you know, number now because we just don't have, we're not recording all these home tests. That's certainly, uh, uh, I don't know if it's a problem, but it's it's a limitation for us to uh, gauge where we are. And you talked about the uh, hospitalizations being an important number. I'll give you this observation. I look at the daily state reports every day, which is Monday to Friday, except for holidays. And I noticed yesterday, for the first time in two years, they didn't list hospitalizations. They've made some changes, and there's not as much information there as they used to be. I don't know why that is, but I thought that was an important number. They left off the report yesterday, so just a little statement, not going any further than that. I noticed on your uh, message on the... Wyndham Town website, you wrote back in late June, no one likes taxes, but the good news is we are going to have some relief this year in Wyndham. You may have your tax bills now, and notice they are lower in most cases. So here we are a month and change later on. Those tax bills are out, and they are lower. But am I correct in saying, I think I am, are the motor vehicle taxes higher now? Okay, so the motor vehicle taxes are actually lower, but because the state has lowered the highest number that you can pay, I think they went down to uh, uh, 34.39 or 49 or something, I, I can't remember, but they cap out the mill rate to help the poorer communities of cities like ours, where the mill rates tend to be higher because, uh, you know, they don't, uh, just the way the taxes come in, the state property and all the other exempt property. So we have higher mill rates in urban centers in Connecticut. So to help us out, uh, because that motor vehicle is, you know, you get to a 50 mil tax rate on a car, that's a lot of money. And uh, so that, that has been limited by the state. So the folks in town are getting some relief from the state in that they've limited the motor vehicle taxes. Then they make the town whole for the difference, by the way. So we get a grant to make the difference up, and, and it comes back into the coffers here in Wyndham. However, we also lowered the mill rate by, in the city, three point three nine mills and uh i think in uh, the town is 1.7 mills lower um so again that's pretty good relief for everybody this year and these are things that we've worked on for a long time what i i want to dispense with one uh dispel one one rumor which is 
we're not using ARPA money to offset taxes. That's not true. And I keep hearing that from people. That is not what's happening. We, we've lowered taxes because we got, we got some more money from the state, but it really had nothing to do with ARPA. It was, we're getting more money for our state property. We get, we've been working on that for years. Our state delegation has been working on that for a very long time. We finally got that through, but our grand list grew by 4%, which is a big number in a non-reval year. And our department revenues are higher. Conveyance fees and building fees, all these fees because of the activity in Wyndham, it really helps drive down uh, the taxes. So pretty good relief there, but it, it took years to get to where we are. This just doesn't happen. It really doesn't have a whole lot to do with you know, COVID or ARPA. This is, these are things that we've worked on in Wyndham for a long time. Uh, and, and again, they're finally, uh, finally coming to fruition for us. That's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Let me go back to what you just said a moment ago. I think you said 158 town employees. Well, some of those folks work for the WWW, the Wyndham Waterworks. And I'm looking at a picture that I took on my phone after I'd finished the boombox parade. And it's an annual thing, but I, I like the WWW. We've had them on the air here today. And they had that float in the boombox parade, a fire hydrant suspended, and the water coming out, landing in a bucket. And then the sign says, our water... Make that your water is our priority. Just say a couple of words about the good work done by the WWW. We have the best water in the state. We have we can prove that with awards that we've received uh, uh, m- many years. We've received awards for the taste of our water, the quality of our water, um, the reliability of our water system. You know, occasionally there's a problem, right? We have a big break or something. But uh, we have a very good water system, very good. The team over there, of course, is making it happen and has made it happen for a very long time. But I drink that water every day. It is good tasting water. And for city water, I mean, usually city water, you don't want to drink that, right? It doesn't taste too good. But in our case, we have very good tasting water. Our plant is quite old, too. It dates back decades and decades. Uh, you know, we make upgrades here and there, but, the, the you know, the, the part that filters all the water is, is pretty old. That's something to said for something that's... Uh, built built a long time ago but um yeah they do a great job over there you know through thick and thin here we had to go through covid and uh you know the folks over there get get covid just like everybody else and the water's still got to flow you know you get the big fires and guess what uh water's everything you got to have water to knock that fire down and they're right there along with the firefighters and everybody else on emergency services we had a 12 inch water break main break there uh last year they were right on it got it fixed really quick so I mean, they do a great job, and that's, you know, we take it for granted when it's always coming out of the out of the hose of the spigot, but it, it really is good water in Wyndham. We can probably also give a little shout-out to Mansfield because that's where that water kind of comes from. Spillway, Mansfield Hollow Dam, Natchog River, WWW, to the taps and so forth. Of course, there's also well water as well. Let's get to some uh, community development stories here, including what's going on across the street from me, a little progress at the old Hurley's building. Well, you'll, you'll notice today, uh, yesterday, as of uh, yesterday morning, uh, we had the street partially blocked, and that's been planned for, gosh, I think maybe 15 years that project's been underway. Uh, it's, a, it's a nonprofit group or organization that has been trying to restore that building or uh, resurrect it, uh, led by our own attorney, Barbara McGrath, in town. And it's been a long road uh, with some grant money, and a lot of uh, effort. It looks like we're finally off the ground there. But, you know, going to have uh, that building completely restored. 
I think there's about 16 housing units and a couple of commercial units on the bottom floor um, that are, you know, they're, they're underway. Construction has begun after a long time. So we're going to have one of the lanes blocked on church. So just keep that in mind. Um, it's going to be a little tighter over there. A lot of people use that area, that vicinity to get over to the bank or go to the ATM. Just maybe pull into the Crosby lot and get off the street. That's safer anyway. It's just a short walk and uh, keep it safe. But they're going to be, you know, starting the project. They started it this week. And the other across the street from me is Due East. What's going on with the old Willie Trust building, a.k.a. Foster building? I have seen some progress, I think significant progress. At least they're widening those ripped-out windows a little bit. So what's going on inside that building? Well, uh, the report is the, that the windows have been ordered, and they are, you know, they were working over there every day now for some time. Um, but they are picking up the pace. Once those windows are ordered, that's quite a commitment. Uh, but they, I believe they're trying to uh, finish the demolition to uh, uh, to make those openings the right size for the window. So that's what you're seeing uh, recently. Very soon we are going to shut down uh, that parking area there. You know that that part of uh, what what we call Riverside Drive is actually not Riverside Drive. So uh, we're behind the Foster Building, over to all the way over to Main Street is actually parking lot owned by the town. Riverside Drive ends at the Foster Building, so we're going to be shutting that off. We may be shutting it off indefinitely. We're evaluating that with engineering. Um, it's a kind of a dangerous intersection there. We have that 45-degree angle. It's bad for uh, cyclists and hikers that are coming or trying to get across the airline trail. So we may reroute that by the community center uh, down Valley through the community center lot and then uh, over to the crosswalk, which is a safer crossing uh, where uh, railroad and church and main come together. So that will be down while construction is underway at least. Uh, but maybe permanently, and that'll pick up more parking spaces for us because we'll we'll stripe that that section that where people have been driving through. I will also say, standing out there many times, I'm sure you have seen this as well, Wayne. People are ripping through there. They use that as a cut through, and uh, it, it just sometimes people are just driving way too fast through there, so that'll slow them down. Uh, but the construction will intensify on the Foster Building in the coming coming months for sure. Never knew that geographical note that Riverside Drive ends, I guess, essentially at Railroad Street, which is the one just near me here, and that other area east of there is not Riverside Drive. Any meetings this week that you want to talk about or we should know about? Uh, We're off this week. Next week is a town council meeting on Tuesday. Uh, Not a whole lot on the agenda there, really, to speak of. Uh, Summer is slower for us. Uh, Sometimes we have difficulties getting uh, a quorum, but uh, we, we pulled it off last month, so... I'm hopeful that we'll have a quorum, and uh, again, we cancel, uh, you know, kind of cancel a meeting a month uh, here in the summer, but we will have a meeting Tuesday. Um, I haven't uh, heard from the mayor whether he wants that virtual or uh, in person. We had the last one in person, and uh, again, we're trying to mix it up a little bit to accommodate different folks. Jim, another good update. Thanks for joining me this morning. Thanks for having me, Wayne. That's Wyndham Town Manager Jim Rivers brought to you on the first Tuesday of each month, although I wasn't here, so now it's the second Tuesday this month, by Prime Materials Recovery with facilities on Ash Street and Milk Street, Willimantic, PMR, assisting manufacturers and utilities to maximize their resources through scrap recovery. 14 WILI, Willimantic, and 95.3 FM.